0: Give me back tomorrow i taken all that I can stand
1: Throw the weight of the world From the palm of your hand Gather round the fire Together we will rise Keep your feet on the ground Keep your eye on the prize Oh, don't turn away No, don't go back Next train's coming Good morning. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. Every Friday here on 1150 AM KKNW, I'll be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities that are guaranteed to lift your spirits. I'm going to have to do a recap of my life because (laughs) I was here last Friday, and it has been a whirlwind tour of eastern Washington. I think it's for a lot
0: of people, not just you. I think it's for everybody.
1: Jeez, I don't know where this week went. It was beautiful, though.
0: Oh, gorgeous.
1: Beautiful weather on Kamano Island, but let's see. Came in here last week uh, on our way to uh, Eastern Washington. I'm just going to do a recap, so I do know where I've been. And a van took me on a tour of Ellensburg, Washington, where the Screaming Tour, uh, Screaming Trees, started their music career. So I got to tour Ellensburg. Flashback, throwback. It was fun because how's
0: Eberg this time of year?
1: Main Street, and yeah. then he showed me where the video store was, mm-hmm. where they practiced behind there. Oh, and, cool all mm-hmm. the kids hung out, you know, what a beautiful place to hang mm-hmm. out, the video store and they would pl- practice music there. Sweet. And then I guess they were kind of not blackball, but they weren't really let into some of the places to play. So they came up with, "Oh gosh, it's a hall, you don't I don't know the name, but there's a picture of it with Van." And that's where they started playing music and it was right next to the library. And uh, they had bands like uh, Nirvana and and Soundgarden came out and that's kind of where I feel maybe the whole grunge scene started happening. And I'll say this, because they were bigger guys, they wore flannel and shorts and those logger boots. Think about it. Ellensburg. <laughs> so there's
0: the uh, Alfred Montgomery Hall. There's a Tina or uh, Tenaway Hall.
1: Nope. Keep going.
0: Uh... <laughs> Let's see here. The Kittitas Valley Event Center? Nope,
1: it's Ellensburg next to the library.
0: Okay, I'll look for that.
1: But here's the, here's the <laughs> best part. We're trying to part. help him out here. So we're headed out of town, and then Van <laughs> <laughs> loses his phone, so we have to go back to all these places oh, no. and figure out where his phone is. It was in the freezer at a grocery store. <laughs> How do you?
0: All right, I see. <laughs> and he used to work at the
1: Albertsons I'm Elbertsons just going to set there. this down
0: for a minute and pick up what I need. <laughs> it's something hall,
1: oops. but anyways, he lost his phone. So that <laughs> was fine. fun. And we were on our way to meet <laughs> Josh um, Flickner fine. from Elder Bay Grocery. He's mm-hmm. on. He advertises with me, and we we do crabbing there. And we have the Mother's Day uh, art tour. We have uh, Glass Quest. But he now lives in Leavenworth, and he has a, a, he manages the Fest Hall there. And so we went in, and it looks like an amazing place. So we're thinking, and I'm thinking of May having a music festival with Perfect by Tomorrow, Waking Maya. Sea Star and Van Conner and Friends. So that's kind of, it was just pretty, um, my lights went off and synchronicities were there. And the reason I went into town is to visit a young lady. Uh, Maggie Smelser basically came to me at 16. She did some healing work with me. We did Reiki. But we had a little coffee shop called Wired and Plugged. And that's where I had a, um, gosh, uh, karaoke day at Kalahaya Day's. So she came in, and um, Alexander Bishop, and no one showed up. So they sang, and then they were so good. I said, "Hey, there's so many people on the streets. Go out there and open your guitar case and see what happens." Well, they came back and they had money, and they were so they were busking, and I said, "You know what? I'm gonna start a music festival." And three day, three months later, I had a taste of music, Snohomish Festival for all the kids, and the closing of Wired and Plugged, and basically everyone came out. We played music. That festival went on for. 12 years.
0: Hal Holmes Community Center. Thank you. Yeah, I found
1: it. Ding, 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 ding. Winner, winner, winner. It's on 3rd and Ruby. There we go. Right next
0: to the Public Library.
1: (laughs) I'm going to share that picture now because of the show.
0: Boy, that took forever.
1: But you know, I have to say something about this. (laughs) This is amazing because it was his parents Uh, that had, you know, popcorn and uh and pop and they had uh, a, a little hall where people came in. There was no drugs or alcohol. It was just kids hanging out, playing music. And I think that's the highlight of Van's life was that that time, that precious time before they got signed to a label and they toured and they lost that um, innocence, the music scene here, <laughs> Ellensburg and Seattle. And that's what Snohomish was all about. We had all these musicians. Mm-hmm. They're all still playing. Vincent Alice was on the show. He came in the studio. Maggie Alexander's been on the show. Uh, it's mentoring kids and it's, and, and it's it's giving them a place to play music. So. Maggie moved over to Leavenworth, and she's playing in all kinds of venues, and she just was on American Idol. Cool. And guess who's going to be um, February? The show airs, and Maggie's going to be on it.
0: Awesome. I
1: know. So she's going to be at the music festival with us. Mm-hmm. We'll build it around Leavenworth and some of the amazing people that have been on this show. Then, are really um, what we're supposed to be doing is going to Scalitude Retreat for the weekend, but we just decided to do this little tour because the weather was so beautiful, and Shelby... That's what she called her back then. Now her name's Mayoka, but it was hard for me to shift. But she's now take took an, taken over uh, Scalato Retreat, and she's running it with her husband. Uh, I used to have Lindsay on the show quite a bit and telling uh, people about retreats that were over there. Uh, Fairy Congress, that goes on in June. But she's also a kid that came to me at 16, and uh, I've known her for, gosh, 12, 13 years and she learned Reiki, and she came to all my classes. She came to my home. She became my daughter. My kids love her. Um, watched her have children. She lived in Port Townsend. Just living a very alternative lifestyle, uh, off-grid. That's what Scalitude is. Uh, I got to meet uh, Helios. Helios, get to re-meet him because I haven't seen him for six years. But it was just an amazing two days uh, off-grid. Uh, Carlton, Washington, which is right next to uh, Winthrop and Twisp. And uh, I'm just so proud, and I'm really thankful that I took the time to hang out with kids and mentor them. And it was pretty much maybe three or four kids a year, and a lot of them have been on the show. And taking that, it was two hours a week, um, because school got out on a Friday early, and taking those kids and teaching them the healing work, teaching them the chakras, and then because I was the Main Street director, I would get them involved in all the community uh, events, so they would help me hang posters, and they would help me find my keys and update my phone. <laughs> but it was one time we were at the Tim Noah Thumbnail Theater, and we were doing a peace rally. We were actually for something, not against something. And uh, we were in the paper, and the paper was supposed to be interviewing Tim Noah, not me. And then she says, why do you do what you do? I said, because that's, you know, I, this is what I love to do, but I, I'm a volunteer-aholic is what they came up with, the word. And all those kids are still in my life, and she, uh, was it was uh, Kelly Hogan who's been on the show a couple times, who said Dina gave us hope because we became part of something bigger than ourselves. We became a part of our community, and she said before that I was depressed, before that I was sad, and I think that uh, that's what we're missing right now. So in the ho- holy days, the holidays, maybe you can give the gift of time, and that's another thing I wanna actually say to you. You know, you don't have to give stuff anymore. You can give experiences. Uh, the gift of time and mentoring people, uh, young people, is so important right now. And I love music. So why not music, art, and community? And that's what I actually represent. So I am going to go back just a little bit. I go to Hawaii, quite a bit, Kauai. I stay at Dolphin Touch, and I do my healing work. And I met uh, Dawn McDaniels a couple years ago. She was uh, just coming off uh, benzodiazepines. At that point, I didn't even know what, know what that was. Uh, she was re uh, how she was trying to get her life back and she was on the show I say uh, in September uh, right when I came back from Kauai and I interviewed her but I didn't know about the uh, pharmaceutical nightmare I knew friends that were going through it but I wasn't quite sure the names or what it all entailed but Dawn taught me quite a bit and then she introduced me to Angie Peacock uh, over Facebook and I watched Angie for six months and then one day I had a friend who was struggling to uh, with, uh, get off some of these medications. So I, I reached out to her, and I think she was on my show two weeks after that. That would have been in April of this year. Angie was telling her story of being a vet, uh, how she had PTSD, and she was sent home. She was medicated 17 different medications, and it took her years to get off of them. And that's kind of how the first show went, how she got off of them. Uh, how hard it was, and she taught me a lot about, these are words, tapering, learning how to slowly get off, not not cold turkey, and then what we learned then is that it was an epidemic, and suicide is a huge thing for vets right now, so that's kind of how we left it in February, and then we uh, had her back because she was in school, and she was just graduating, and she was off all of her medication, and she was uh, making a movie called Medicating Normal. She had never seen it before. And then I said, I'm going to keep watching you. And I've been watching her and in contact with her for another three or four months. And when I was in Hawaii, she mentioned that uh, the Medicating Normal would be in Seattle. So this Tuesday, I went and saw the the movie with Van, Medicating Normal, uh, and out of the blue – Angie's there. So they they had a benefactor, someone who wanted to see her, so they flew her in a 24-hour like Seattle trip and she came to watch the movie with us. And it was just so it's just such an amazing story to watch somebody just like these young ladies I mentored grow. And it is over time. That's how you can kind of measure and I think that's why God gives us time is so we can see our works, can see the things you put out in the universe and how it comes back to you by actually giving it really I've never had anything that I did out of my the goodness of my heart not blossom into something beautiful and so we watched Angie uh watch herself on the film she's seen it like 18 times but definitely I mean we cried and the stories were so amazing and and uh, these are stories that have to be told so it's medicating normal you can like that on Facebook and it's private private screenings so you have to actually you know get together in your community and ask for that movie to come in. My goal is to get it to Kauai and have Dawn there (laughs) with Angie and actually probably in the next year I'm sure I can get that done. But if you'd like to have that movie come to your community, you go to Medicating Normal. You can reach out to Angie Peacock, and I'm sure that they can get that uh, in your community. But right now what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk about the movie itself because it's such an amazing uh, eye-opening experience for me. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
2: can you find me down in this hole? Thirty days
1: naked and alone. Aloha. Join me, Dina Marie, on the island of Kauai. Let me be a tour guide for your spirit and a travel agent for your soul. You'll receive daily healing sessions and experience fun, interactive outings to some of my favorite places, sacred sites, secluded beaches, and sunrises that will lift your spirits. Go beyond the tourist spots, meet fascinating locals, and leave with amazing memories. Retreats are based on your schedule and budget. For more information, visit LiftYourSpiritsWithDinaMarie.com.
0: Escape to Kameno Island for the day at River's Edge Spa and Wellness Center. Owner Katie Kinman Story invites you to step off the treadmill and give yourself the gift of zen. At River's Edge, professional practitioners offer affordable spa treatments that include organic facials, massage, LED light therapy, and reflexology. A Healthier Life is a series of choices you make daily. Today, choose you. Schedule your appointment at riversedgespa.com or like them on Facebook to see monthly specials. Studies have shown that time spent in nature provides healing benefits, especially at Scalitude Retreat, an off-grid sanctuary in the beautiful Methow Valley. Set amongst old-growth trees with expansive mountain views and endless peace and quiet, Scalitude gives the experience of wilderness with the comforts of home. The facilities can sleep 2 to 25 guests for retreats, Family reunions, weddings, or just a gathering of friends wanting a rejuvenating getaway. Check our calendar for special events including yoga, vision quest, shamanism, personal health and wellness, and more. Come visit. Just being here is reason enough. See us online at scalitude.com. That's dot com. An alternative to everything else on your radio dial.
1: Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. That song is off our album, Coming Back Again. Van Connor and I, uh, well, Van actually wrote that song. He had run into a man who had been in a, a rehab, and that's the song he wrote from listening to this man's experience of basically 30 days in the hole, but it was painful and, and excruciating. But I, I really, the song at first, I'm like, this is really depressing. But you know what? A lot of that's it's going on out there right now. And getting off medication, uh, drugs, and alcohol is not an easy experience, and we know that. And right now, because we have such a huge pharmaceutical nightmare out there, uh, it is much harder to get off anything anymore because we don't know, one, what happens with withdrawals and also what happens when you're on these medications. And when you're on so many, it's difficult to pinpoint which one even caused the problems in the first place. So the movie itself starts... uh, with about six people telling their stories. And um, Angie was like, so what did you get out of it? And, and what I really got out of it is there's a few things. Uh, there was a young lady. She was probably 15. Her parents saw her losing weight. They really didn't know what to do about it. She was depressed. So they took her to the doctor, and they uh, medicated her. And after about maybe three months, the young lady started having suicidal tendencies. She started to thinking that people were in the room that weren't. Uh, she was delusional and she was she was scared. So they went to another doctor and they put on another medication. Pretty soon she's on multiple medications, and they're saying, "Wait, okay, this is not our daughter. This is not ha- this is not working for us. What do you think is causing these these issues?" And they never ever said one of the medications. So this whole time they're thinking it's one of the medications, but the doctors would not say yes it was. So they decided to help her get off the meds, which they did. Now she was going she's going to school, she's doing great. But in that segment, the mom says, you know what? If we would have dealt with the cause, the underlying cause, which was anorexia. It was anorexia nervosis and she basically had an eating disorder. And you know, sometimes that's, you know, you gotta go to counseling, you gotta figure out what that's all about, but also depression. A lot of kids are depressed, you know, and that's why I do mentor children because I find for Kelly it was dance. Uh for Justin it was cooking. For Shelby, it was learning, um she loves sustainability and all the green stuff. And she got involved in Ferry Congress and went to a scalitude. But you find that one thing that that child loves to do. Somebody has to drive them. Someone has to maybe pay for it. But it really does make a difference. And that's why music, that's why music is so important for kids. If they can play or sing or write, and I, I know Angie would agree with that, expressing yourself is really important. And even kids talking about how they feel. And that is what the parents were saying. If we would have done that instead of the medication, we wouldn't have gone through this nightmarish uh it was it was hell for them. Uh also what I learned too is a lot of people are coming um out of the military. They have PTSD and Angie calls it PTS, but in the end they get medicated and then their spouses don't recognize them anymore. And there is a story about a man named Dan and his wife and so he decides he wants to get off these medications. Well, it gets really ugly, and it gets so ugly that she can't actually be there for him. She had to leave, and I've seen that before where you you don't recognize the person anymore. What's happening is so painful to watch that they literally leave, and then that person is either reaching out maybe to other vets, but in the end, it's a really hard process. I've seen people go through it alone Um it's not easy. And so what I got out of this, this story is that when Dan got off of his meds, his wife had been on something for 15 years for, um, I believe it's ADHD. And she's an adult, 15 years taking these meds. And he knows over time it does cause mental issues, brain damage, etc. So he, in the movie, helps her get off of her meds. And I, I think that's really important that if you are taking medication and you're having strange side effects, you know, you can't stop immediately you literally have to like go on some of these websites that Angie talks about but it's tapering so very slowly you have to have the support of people around you because um uh, suicide and homicidal thoughts are are this is what I've learned that these thoughts aren't your own they're just from side effects of these meds so if you're not around people and they don't know what's going on you don't have that support system so I think that's another thing I got you know first of all Let's let's try to before we take medications try other things before we start taking the meds. The other one is if you do do take the medication and you do decide to get off of them or you start taking them, you need to have somebody by your side to watch your moods, to watch the way you think and 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 actually tell you what's going on because you may not know. And th- these are all things I've been learning probably over the last 3 years. Stuff I did not know because I'm not taking anything. And I have been depressed. So I understand when, when you're in that deep, dark hole, taking something would help you relieve the, the pain. And I've had clients who have lost somebody dear to them and they do get on an antidepressant. And then their doctors take, take them off of it. It's usually three to four months that you're supposed to be on something like that. Not 15 years. So also in the movie, what else did I learn? Oh, that... The doctors are over prescribing. And, and Angie gives a lot of information on her page and the benzodiazepine page and the medicating normal. But a lot of doctors with these new medications actually get kickbacks. And you can, they, there's a website, and I wish I had it, I don't, that you can actually go on and see if your doctor's getting some type of uh, compensation for certain med- meds. Uh, that was really telling for me because I went to Kauai again and I talked to a, a farm tech who, um, lives there and she could tell the doctors that were actually good doctors by what they prescribe some were over prescribing because they actually knew and this is really sad that they're taking those drugs and actually selling them on the streets there's some type of kickback for everybody on this uh, illegal uh, pharmaceutical nightmare that we're in but she could actually tell there's two or three doctors that do not prescribe certain drugs because they're highly addictive and they are prescribing drugs from long ago that literally they get no money for. So that's another issue. Um, also, what they do is, in the past, they could overprescribe just about anything. And she says what they came up with is a cocktail. So there's, you know, something that makes you feel upper and downer. So, so it's almost like alcohol and, and cocaine, a pill, together. So you're, you're kind of relaxed, yet you're kind of vigilant. And you can do that all day. Well, now, because it's been overprescribed, they're pulling those drugs away from people that have been on them for years, And that's where we're having huge problems because the withdrawals, the cold turkey off these medications are devastating. And everyone knows that I was in Hawaii with Seth Yamamoto, and he had just started taking medication. And he had just started, you know, going through this three or four drugs, which literally put him over the edge. And one day he took his life. And this is a kid that I, you know, sat on the beach with and who played music, who had some problems in his life. But because, you know, the mixing, I'd say, you know, medication with alcohol, and there's so many other factors here, but in the end, he was alone, and I don't think people were paying attention as much as they could, but when the medication was on, it just, no one understood what he was going through, because I'm sure he didn't, and it was shocking the way he went, but there's a lot of men, and this is epidemic, and I can say it's factual that in Kauai, a lot of men are taking their lives, and it is because they're on these medications. It's very hard to get work because they're locals and natives. Uh, it's very expensive to live there. There's side effects to these medications. Uh, anxiety. Y- even the, you're taking the anxiety medicine, it makes so you not want to go outside. It's an, it's, an, it's really crazy. And then for men, I know there's also um, uh, sexual dysfunction for men and women. And so when men feel demasculated and they don't feel good about themselves, it's, it's, it's really hard because when Seth took his life, all the women came out in uh, – Hawaii to, to start saying we need to do more about this and, and save our men so it, it, it's things i didn't think i'd be learning but in the last three years it's it's so right there in front of my face so the most important thing is i think is to do alternative things before we take the medications if you're going to take a medication take one have people around you watch you if you have a side effect from that medication maybe you're not supposed to be on that medication and try something else. But what Angie is coming to the conclusion is that really medication has not helped her or her vet friends. What it has done is put them so far back. Now they're just all trying to regain their lives if they're off the medication. So medication, I'm going to say it because, you know, it's the holidays. Things are going to get dark. You know, our, the media, there's a lot of things going on. Even some of my spiritual friends who are normally very, very positive are in, in the media right now, and they're starting to get really, really depressed. So the holidays are a hard time, and I really just want people to find those things that bring them joy. Spend time in nature. Do the things that you love to do. And I was talking to Angie yesterday. I'm dog sitting, <laughs> and I am having so much fun. It's such a, a unconditional love that animals give, and I know that's the – she had horse therapy, and she has a, a dog of her own, a service dog, and those are the things that she did that actually helped her get through. So she also tried yoga, or, you know, we have – Uh, eating right. She's, she's eating right. I mean, she's really careful about what she puts in her body. So it's all accumulative. And I think during the holidays, of course, we start to get a little bit depressed. The days are short. We're starting to eat more sugar. I've been eating more sugar already. (laughs) But I want to hibernate. And it just starts to get to a point where you don't want to leave your house. And then if you're not out and about meeting other people, so the holidays are one of those days, uh, time of year that I really want to say, get out, go listen to some music. Go out with a, a friend and take a walk in the woods and do the things that bring you joy. That's my prescription. But the movie goes on to, there's a, a woman in there that she uh, worked a night job. So she goes to a doctor and, because her her real doctor, the main doctor, says, I don't prescribe drugs, so you'll have to go somewhere else. So she goes to a psychiatrist and he prescribes um, a, a drug that is pretty potent, I want to say it is Ativan, Ativan, And she takes this drug, that's a benzodiazepine um, to sleep, but she takes it all day. Um, years later, she really wants to get off of it because she's having horrible side effects, but then she realizes it's it'll take her years to get off of it. And so that's when this tapering comes in where you literally have to measure, scrape, Every day, watch what you're taking and, again, have people around you watch you and, and kind of monitor how you're feeling because, again, go, go on to some of the sites. The side effects of coming off are, are tremendous. And it's some of the benzodiazepines that I've, I've known as lorazepam, which is Ativan. We have Xanax, um, Clonop- Clonopin, uh, Librium, Valium, uh, are a few, Ambien. A lot of the drugs that you take for sleep, or anxiety, are benzodiazepines. And again, I did not know I've had people take, you know, that for flying. But I it's one of those things where people are taking them, um, I guess, way too much. And that's what I'm learning. And they're being over-prescribed way too much. So the whole pharmaceutical industry right now is making so much money off of us. And they go into the movie talking about how the studies that are being done are actually done by the pharmaceutical companies. and then they're actually written by the pharmaceutical companies and then someone in a, in a university actually puts their name on it. So these are all things you can, you know Google, research, you can go online. And it's for me, because I do healing work, I remember when I first started doing hypnotherapy, I would work with people who were on multiple medications and it was really difficult for me to get their third eye, which is the pictures you see in your mind. They literally could not see pictures in their mind. And when we had a really good session, the next day they couldn't remember what we talked about. And what Angie would, would talk about is how these drugs numb you. So basically you, you don't feel. I've had people say they have no remorse. It's just a very neutral state of mind where you just don't have any feelings whatsoever. And again, you can go back to some of the shows. The shows was it was in April and July with Angie talking about that. but. For her, she was upset because she feels like she's lost all these years of her life. And she didn't want to be around people. She kept herself away from work. She literally stayed home for two years straight until she started taking herself off these medications. But the whole fact that our pharmaceutical companies are making so much money, and if, if that isn't one reason right now to stop the madness, because they're not doing it because they love us, <laughs> they're not doing it because they care about our health, they're doing it because it's, it makes billions and billions of dollars. And then I learned, this is like I've learned so much in the last week, that the patents, they run out, and then these generic drugs are, take over. So you can't even go back, let's say, for instance, I, I was reading something the other day about a 20-year-old taking these drugs for two months and then taking his life, he you can't go to the pharmaceutical company and actually sue for any of that, even though you know that was the drug that did that, because they're no longer selling it. They make the drug, the patent runs out, the generic companies buy the drugs, not saying that they're still connected, they probably, they probably are still connected, but those generic companies now own it, it's not Ativan anymore, it's Lorazepam. So you just have to be really careful and know that If you're taking these drugs, there's no repercussion for the drug companies or the doctors. And in the movie, um, the woman who does get off of the Ativan, she goes, who lost sleep, who goes in and she's finally off of it, and she's angry. I mean, that's what I felt. All these people are angry (laughs) because they lost years and years and years of their lives. And the side effects continue on and on and on and on. So she goes to ask the man, why didn't you tell me all the... Side effects. Why didn't you let me know? Isn't there something I should read? And he says, you know what? You're just too weak. You're too weak because you can't get off these medications. So he's not even connected to the people that he's giving these drugs to. So there's a big disconnect to the people that come in who are hurting, who are in pain, especially people that are depressed, who have been in in a war. I mean, what Angie, what I got out of her message is we got to go back. We have to stop the madness. And she did get her um, degree and she's in counseling. And the thing is, her counseling, she wants it to be an hour long. She doesn't want to be 10 minutes and medicate somebody. What she wants is to have somebody come in and be seen and heard. And I remember when I went in for something, it was a sinus infection, but I thought I had a brain tumor or something because it hurt. I never had a sinus infection. And the doctor spent 10 minutes with me, turned his computer towards me and said, for ad, um, ad, ad, What's it called? I can't even take ibuprofen. So anyways, he said four ibuprofens a day. He gave me a muscle relaxer, and I didn't even know what that was. But in the end, I had a fireplace in my house. I never had one before, That a, a wood-burning st- stove, and it caused a sinus infection. But he never touched my face. He never came over, and actually, he didn't care about me. He just wanted me to get out of his office and probably charge me for that visit, which that muscle relaxer did not help me, and the um, ibuprofen did not help me. What I needed was to turn the furnace down, <laughs> the wood fire, because it was way too hot. But I didn't know how to do it. So I understand I get very angry when I go in there and I have an issue and I am not heard or I'm not seen. And I did have a doctor who was a, was a good man, but all he knew how to do was prescribe. And I, I really liked him. But over the years, I saw when I go into his doctor's office, there were people sitting there with boxes in suits more than patients. And I I said, who are these people? Well, they were um, drug reps. And they were there to show him a new medication. And at the end, I could tell he really didn't want to work there anymore. But uh, I had rheumatic fever. And he, you know, only could give me penicillin, which is really bad for your stomach lining. And I said no to it. And I researched it. And I uh, changed my lifestyle. I changed my diet. I got well. And about two years ago, After he's retired, because this was like 20 years ago, he called me and he thanked me. He thanked me for being more, um, me being more vigilant and me more proactive in my own health care. And I do understand when you're in pain how difficult it is to take care of yourself or to read the books or investigate. I've been in pain with the rheumatic fever, which was horrible. And I did take a lot of medication, and it it didn't make me better. It actually made me worse. But um, I do understand being in pain. Guess what? We're going to go to break. Right back. contact me dina marie visit dina-marie.com thank you so much for listening
0: celebrate the winter solstice in seattle the big psychic fair is coming to kula movement in ballard december 21st and 22nd there will be 20 plus metaphysical readers and body workers offering 20 minute readings for just 20 dollars yule activities and santa claus photos with the famous wizard and oberon zell for all ages saturday at bergen place park from 3 to 5 p.m Admission is free. For more event details, visit SeattlePsychicsAssociation.com.
2: Hi,
1: this is Dina Marie. You've heard me talking about writing songs with Mr. Van Connor. Well, I'm happy to say that our album is out now.
2: It's called Coming Back Again, and it features songs like Legacy of Green, Silent Universe, and the title track, Coming Back Again.
1: Our album Coming Back Again is now available for streaming and purchase at your favorite online retailer, including iTunes, Amazon, Apple Music, Spotify, and many more.
2: Go to dina-marie.com. That's dina-marie.com for a full list of retailers. Watching the sunrise, the ocean stands between us, look into the sky, think of second chances, look into the past, a thousand miles
1: Welcome back. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. Joining us on the phone is Van Conner.
2: Hi Dan, thanks for having me.
1: (laughs) Thanks for helping me out because you were at the movie with me. What did you think about medicating normal?
2: Well, I thought it was amazing. Um, A very important movie. Um, Besides it being wonderfully filmed and edited and recorded and having great soundtracks, it really hit home with me and what I've seen in the pharmaceutical industry and my own personal life. And I don't like to talk about that that much, but I, after seeing that movie, I'm not as afraid because I'm not alone.
1: And and you met Angie.
2: I did. And I've talked to Angie on text and a little bit on the phone one time. And she is a hero, definitely. She's our hero. That's correct. And, and I really... Go ahead. You go ahead. I was going to say that one thing I wrecked, the movie really is the story of three to four people and their experience in the medical industry in the United States and what they went through. And it also has represented the medical industry itself. There's three or four doctors who actually are of the same opinion as Angie, and there are also a few doctors who are not. And those doctors were actually, two of them are portrayed on video, live, one in a hidden camera, one not, but they both basically acted very, one very ignorant, the other one very ignorant and angry. And what they were saying basically is they had no answer besides take more, take more, take a different pill. And the other one said, it's your responsibility to get off it. It's your responsibility in every way. He's not responsible for a taper. And my question is, if he's responsible for putting you on it, why wouldn't he be responsible for tapering off? And the other doctor actually said to her, oh, I guess you should go off it. Go ahead and take a pill open and take a little bit out every day. A little bit out. I mean, it was it was horrifying. It made me angry. However... It showed me that there is hope, but a sad amount of hope because I'm one of those people who's going to have to deal with this the rest of my life because of I trusted the doctor. And I think that's what I came away with the most is do not trust your physician. I don't care if they're the nicest person in the world because they have 10 minutes with you out of their 75 years on this planet and if you counted 20 visits that's 20 times 10 minutes and they don't know you they don't know your physical attributes they don't know your mental attributes besides what you can tell them in five minutes so if you're willing to risk your life after them finding out all about you in 10 minutes that's not a good idea
1: and you've had plenty of side effects from from pills that were supposed to help you and you still struggle with that and I'll be I'll be I'll have to tell my story watching people I love you know get I feel poisoned a bit and then trying to get well is just hard I have to talk about the people who love somebody who's trying to get off of it it's really difficult and so if you don't have any training I mean again you know it's a so many people are out there, you know, they go to a doctor, they start taking a medication, maybe a month later, they don't act the same that, but you know, you gradually get into this different personality, you know, and then you take maybe two more and correct. maybe you're not a year later, you may not be the same person you were, but no one knows because they all kind of got used to it, right?
2: That's correct. And here's the catch is that you are on those meds, the person who you love or your sibling your spouse whatever it is they're watching well at first and the movie says this it does it, it does work but these medications are only been tested for a month to three months i don't think there's any that go more than three months they were tested but that's when the trial went haywire and they pulled the trial and they could they decided and this is legal everybody lose their mind after four months So they make the study three months. They just don't, they omit. And they're legally allowed to do that. And that's really frightening. But what I was going to say is, you are with that person for a year, let's say. And they're starting to act a little strange. So they decide, the doctor, here's the two suggestions of the doctor. Well, actually one, go on a different med in addition to the one you're on to stop the side effect caused by the original. So that's what they suggest. Now, if you say to your doctor, I want to go off this, they'll probably just say, okay, go off it. Then you go off it, and that's where the trouble starts. Then there's alcohol, there's other drugs, there's bizarre behavior, suicidal attempts, homicidal attempts. There are all these things that can happen when you go off cold turkey. So that would be my warning for everybody, is number one, and I have to say this, And I agree with Angie. Do not start if you're taking. And that's just Van Connors' personal thing, and it's not anything to do with you, the radio station, or anything. Do not start. And that's from the screen. Number two, if you're on it, do not stop. Do not stop. You need to do some research. Do not listen to your doctor about stopping. You have to research this. Because it's not, I've tried it a bunch of times, and I'm still in progress. You need to exactly weigh, measure, take your time, have somebody watch you, have somebody tell you, because you don't know. You're in the middle of it. You're inside your head. You don't know that you're acting a certain way. You don't know that you are expressing all these symptoms that, have, and, and they're not written down because these are withdrawals. These are not – those symptoms are while you're taking it. Um But that's my opinion, those two things. Do not start if you don't – if, if you haven't, and do not stop if you're already
1: on. And they call it poly, polypharmacy, which is multiple medications. And I we were trying to research the, the doctors through the years because you're 50 – that you were anxiety was one of the first things. And here's Van. He's he's in the Screaming Trees. He's a family. You know, he's in the middle of life. He's gonna buy a house, and his record becomes was it platinum? I don't know what it was, but and he goes to his doctor. Did you have anxiety? Of course you did.
2: <laughs> right. And and I think what I don't want to go too deep into the personal stuff. Mm-hmm. However, when that happened Now, when I look back on it, and from this movie that you'll watch, I hope, you'll see that I've had anxiety. And why? Well, the doctor, I did tell them why. And there's all those things. But he said there's this new drug called Prozac. And I kind of heard of it. And that's what started. However, um, you're right that what could I have done? Let's say I didn't go to the doctor. There was no Prozac. There was no drug like that. I mean, they probably would have gave me value if were out of that. But well,
1: Okay, that's a good question, though. Let's pretend. Let's all pretend that there was no drugs. What would somebody do if they were having anxiety? And that should not be a hard question.
2: But nowadays, the main thing is go to the doctor and get a drug. Uh, by the way, not even a psychiatric doctor, but just a doctor can give you it. But, yes, I think that I would probably call a friend maybe go visit family, Um, look at my life, look at all my obligations. Like, for instance, today I have an appointment with somebody. I have a lot of meetings. Uh, Tonight after work, I don't. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go home, I'm going to relax, I'm going to play some music, and that's going to be my night. That's the stress reliever part. So play some music, go home, and take nine days off. And that's what I'm going to do
1: go fishing,
2: help
1: me. <laughs> go fishing. And I think at that time you were fishing. And, and as, as, again, if you didn't have the medication, you would have to find alternatives or you'd live with anxiety, which, you know, sometimes we have it and then it goes away. I have it when, you know, traffic and people are yelling at me. I have it when, uh, uh, you know, I have to make major life decisions, but, you know, three weeks after that, the decision's made or the traffic's gone and I just get back to me so I, I want to say, too, like there's so many other things we can do. And what the movie did say is that it's just in the moment. This too shall pass. So everyone's going to be depressed occasionally. Someone's going to be anxious sometimes. People are going to have bad days, bad years. But through time, it doesn't last forever. And and, and thank you for bringing up the, the, the doctor side because I, you know, I can only see what I can see. But we do have alternatives. And I think right now slowing down. Spending time with people we can talk to. Being out in nature without all this stuff coming at us. But yeah, again, music. Right.
2: I think we need to look back at 50 years ago. Um, That would be 1950, which is when all this stuff kind of started. All the medications, all this mother's little helper treating people. And perhaps, you can argue, perhaps part of that came from our new lifestyle in the 50s, which is having a house and appliances and two kids and a car. And we all expected that after that, so we all had anxiety when we didn't get it. However, I think that if we go back to how did people, when they came home from World War II and saw some of the most horrible things that any human beings will ever see, when they got home, you think they didn't, let's say 1945, 1946, you think they did not have anxiety? Do you think they did not have breasts getting home and the women are running everything and the men came home and it was a very macho world back then as it is now. But they had to take over their lives. They had to take over their kids' lives. They had to deal with these thoughts in their head and horrible things they probably did in the war. Um, and they dealt with it. I know several veterans, they've passed away now from World War Two. They never took a medication in their life. They had successful businesses, and I'm not saying that everybody made it, but they they did well. They had families. They had kids. How did they deal with it? Ask the doctor. How did that guy deal with it? And they'll say, "I don't know," but take this Prozac for you because you broke a nail. You know, like I mean, <laughs> so. That's what I'm saying is there. We have a mindset today that is completely out of touch with reality. Um, if I am, and I do it myself, I get really stressed. You know, the last three days, traffic's been driving me crazy. Uh, it's the end of the world. I have to move. I have to quit my job. I have to do all these things. Well, you know what? I could be, you know, a hundred years ago, I'd probably be digging a ditch. Um, if I, I probably wouldn't live lived to 50 for one thing, because I would have had a hard life, you know, like everybody else, 50, 60, 70 used to be pretty old, you know? And so I think we're really spoiled little brats who start crying at everything on the one hand, and then we have a money-making, uh, blind, uh, behemoth of a system.
1: Broken health at- system is what we have. And I right. have to and mention— It's not health care. It's not health care. No.
2: They, they took the Hippocratic Oath, and they they broke it. Every day they break it. Every and-
1: day. And I have to bring up, because we, we watched this the show Mad Men and about selling stuff to us that isn't good for us. It's just perfect, like selling cigarettes to us, knowing that it's not good for us, and the way the women were treated. But after World War II, women started coming into the workforce, and what I kind of felt last night was that because women are very emotional, and it was not okay to be emotional, I think that's kind of where it started. So to go to work or to take your emotions and and push them down and to maybe climb the ladder and be more like a man, even though we know men squashing their emotions is really detrimental. That's where heart attacks come from. Uh, That's what post-traumatic stress disorder is, basically shoving down your emotions. And then that's when you get volatile eventually. But getting to a point where you could actually go to work and not have any emotion. And I remember being too emotional. You know, and I said it was during 9-11 and my boss got mad at me, but I was upset but you were supposed to go to work and be like a robot and then go home. And when you push your emotions down or you act like they're not there and then eventually it catches up with you and then you maybe you do have a heart attack. So in the end, when was it not OK to feel? When was it not OK to express yourself and how you felt from your heart? So anyways, that's a whole nother story about what Am, um, Angie wants to say is being a counselor. Are you moving about there? Van right. are you moving
2: am I moving
1: yeah are you walking no, okay. no I just felt like somebody's like you're playing drums but it's all good all I have to say yeah. is this it is okay to feel it's It's a process to grieve it takes time it doesn't happen overnight and at, I, I'm just going to give some of it away because you're not all going to see this but at the end Angie gets to after being off of her medication go back to grieving a lost soldier she gets to go back with other vets she actually went with a a group of vets and that's another thing be with people your tribe that you can talk to that you can express yourself that you can cry in front of and that's what i really think the prescription is find those people that love you for who you are you are a part of their family and that you can express yourself and i love music because it's it's therapy isn't it van
2: Oh, music, oh yes, and I, I think it's definitely therapy, and people can, that's one of the things people can use instead of medication, is, is music.
1: And that's what they're doing right now, there was a, a thing um, on Angie's page about female vets going in, uh, learning how to write songs, and also poetry, I've oh. been in groups where men were, you know, some of the poetry's pretty pretty dark and deep, and that's how we'll end the show, is with, uh, it's called, oh. kind of Rhino Bird, but we called it uh, uh, Mother of Sleep, because you know what? Oh. When you're under a lot of stress, you don't sleep. And without sleep, you will go crazy. I mean, people aren't right. sleeping.
2: I have one last thing to say. This is probably the most important movie, and maybe because I'm affected by it, and, and I think everybody's affected by this. Please see the movie for yourself and think about this. Because I think the next time you I go to the doctor after this, it's going to be a whole different because I'm going to look at them different, and myself, and my health.
1: And I have to say, we both got to see Angie in person in Seattle, watched the movie together, which was really amazing. Uh, Don McDaniels did introduce us. You got to meet Don this September. It's just a, It's a really beautiful thing when you feel that the universe is kind of on your side and the direction you're going in. And Angie was supposed to be on the show today, but I can guarantee she's probably overwhelmed. She has been showing the movie, which was last night. I, I can guarantee she's sleeping right now. That that young woman, she has touched so many people's lives. I'm going to cry a little bit because she's touched our lives, and um, I'm just really proud of her, and... Uh, I will have her back. But Angie Peacock, I want you to reach out to her on Facebook, uh, the benzodiazepine page. Uh, There's also Medicating Normal. Medicating Normal is how you can get to her personally. Uh, And then if you can, you can bring the movie to your community. If you're having any issues in your community with the young people that are taking their lives, bring this movie in. Reach out to her. And hopefully, you know, I'll have her in Hawaii where I really know she's needed. And we'll give her the vacation that she deserves. Right, man? That's
2: right. I bet if you do reach out to her, she may even get back to the because She's really amazing.
1: Thank you, Van, for filling in. And we're going to end the show with uh, Mother of Sleep, a song that Van wrote for a man who had um, gone through that dark rehab situation. Uh, it's coming back again as our album. And you can come back next week for more people, places, and activities that will lift your spirits.